Hey, what's poppin'? It's your boy Reggie Clemens, Life Insurance Professional. And if you have real life situations and you need real help, you need to listen to Now What? Real Talk with Nicole with my good friend, Nicole Goodman. You're listening to Now What? Real Talk with Nicole, sponsored by R. Clemens Insurance. Nicole is the author of Get Your Own Damn Fish, available on Amazon, and founder of followblackdollars.org, the social networking site for black people. Stay connected by texting FBD to 63975. afternoon welcome back to the show this is your good friend nicole thank you back for coming back to uh listen to our show now what um you know you know what my philosophy is i believe about being transparent about life struggles and finding solutions and resources and and sharing them and that's how we come together as a community and today we are sitting with my friend again reggie clemens uh he was on the show on our on our show before and was just talking about insurance and protecting your family. That's all I was really expecting. But he was dropping so many nuggets about, you know, income and and what different ways to use insurance. We had to have him back on again. But before we get into that, like I said, if 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 you're uh, looking for an entrepreneurial opportunity, uh, you're not quite sure what you want to do. Uh, you thought about insurance, but really wasn't sure about it. We're, we're going to get into that today. So, uh, you know what, just let's talk about it, Reg. Reggie, how you doing? Yeah, doing pretty good, pretty good. Good, good. So, um, you've been a career professional for how long now? Uh, about 15 years. Uh, 15 years, you said, I remember you saying off and on, uh, but uh, you, you know, I met you at an event and you've become my insurance agent and I've referred you to several people. Um, how did you, let's talk about how you got into insurance. How'd you wind up doing this? Uh, it was actually by accident. <laughs> it was by accident. Um, so I had, um, was looking for a job, went to a job fair. Um, and Aflac was advertising for people to join their company. Mm-hmm. So, kind of real good, you know, and it's business to business opportunity. Uh, for those that aren't aware, Aflac, they supply voluntary benefits uh, to companies. <clears throat> so, you know, they are the people that come in and, you know, you know make me aware of gaps in your health insurance and their voluntary benefits to those gaps. Mm, I had Aflac. <laughs> I made a mint off Aflac. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is, is that if you ever went to a hospital for a major event, um, those benefits come in handy. Yeah. You know, because when you talk about co-pays and um, deductibles, you, nah. you got to pay those out of pocket before the insurance pay, takes care of the, the large amount. Yeah, you know. So, anyway, they were you know looking for new reps. So, 
the opportunity sounded great. Come to find out it was a commission on the position. I was like, oh, well. <laughs> that was a part of the game that I was not aware of, you know. And I did take it. It took me about three months or so before I uh, earned, had CE money hit my account. Mm-hmm. You know, but it did start to add up. Um, so, but that's how I got into the insurance business. Now, the life insurance business in particular, I was a, um, I had spent the last, like, prior to being in the insurance for the last two, three years in customer service. Okay. And I worked my way up from a customer service rep to a supervisor. And, you know, from there, I worked for Hertz Rent-A-Car. I uh, went into their management training program, successfully navigated it, and I was an assistant manager of the store, and I was waiting to be the store. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I had got a call from another major co- company for a uh, supervisor position that paid more, a lot more, you know, than what they were going to pay for me to manage the store, so I took it. Okay. But unfortunately, that, that opportunity didn't work out the way I thought it would. And um, I, I had... I was approached by a life insurance company to enter their management training program. Because at the time, I had recently finished my master's in business. And I oh. had an MBA opportunity for you to learn the business for a year. And then you would have a team of agents. So I successfully continued that program. But okay. at the time that I had finished the program, you know, I had unfortunately was going through a divorce. And the opportunity for me to manage was in Chicago and I declined it because I didn't want to be that far from my kids. My kids are real young at that time. Okay. So it was just completely out of the question. So I figured I could wait to see if something opened up, but nothing ever did. You know, but mm-hmm. I did finish that program, but during that program, I did learn about some business. And, you know, the company that I worked for, um, they were old school life insurance companies. So, you know, for people that are in our age bracket and older mm-hmm. and have memories of the insurance man, you know, coming to the house on the monthly basis or the weekly basis to collect the premium. Yeah. This company, you know, still did that. A lot of, most companies now don't do that anymore. No. Even that particular company does, you know, they have people, a few people that they do that for, but, and these are like, you know, older people, but most yeah, they, they try to phase that from, out. Yeah, but at the time they still did it. So I had a and they would call those agents debit agents. You know. Mm-hmm. And people would collect, you know, will pay their insurance on a weekly basis, sometimes a monthly basis, or what have you. When I started with but it was on a monthly basis. You know. Okay. So and I learned, you know, I learned some business. I saw the good thick parts about the business. You know, ma- you know, making money, helping people. Mm-hmm. The bad parts of the business where, you know, and we get to that moment, I get into you know, the pros and the cons right. of, you know, the industry itself, you know, as well as, you know, dealing with people. Well. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you've, you've talked about... Well, I sort of fell into it. I sort of fell into the business and it's, I've been in it ever since. Okay, well, it seems like, you know, uh, even though you've had other jobs or careers in and out, uh, you've been able to find some flexibility in being an entrepreneur, you know, and something like uh, life insurance 
or any type of insurance where it's it's for sale everywhere and everywhere there's somebody that needs to buy it. So mm. it sounds like it's been a great fallback for you. It has. It, it has. And the thing is now, you know, with the way technology is, with you know, with Zoom and, you know, you can talk to people over the phone or over social media, mm-hmm. camera, yeah. and things, <laughs> um, it has really, you know, made this industry a great option for people to do, you right. know, in terms of uh, meeting with uh, prospective customers. You don't have to go. One of the major things that would, you know, obstacles that agents would have is people wouldn't want you to come to their house. Mm-hmm. Or on the flip side, if you're a new agent and you're not comfortable going to other people's homes. Right. Whereas now, you don't have to. COVID, you don't have to. You can just do this and talk to them you know, talk to the people because does business. Mm-hmm. You don't have to now. So that, it saves a lot of time. It saves a lot of gas. Now, yeah. one thing, as an agent, one of the worst, one thing that can, like, ruin your day and really, like, you know, make people lead a business is to blow an appointment. <laughs> and no matter what it is you're selling, if you was in sales and you would have to meet someone, mm-hmm. At their home or an office, and they just no show you. And then when people call now, uh, ghost, they ghost uh, you. Uh-huh. So imagine you driving forty five minutes to an hour to meet someone, and they no show you. Listen, I'll have to imagine, okay? Because I will be honest with this you. This is for the <laughs> listeners, you know. If, yeah. if you never like did anything I, like that, man. Listen, imagine, hold on. Imagine if you had. And like one of the hardest things in sales, the is is not is a lot of great salespeople that left sales because not because they wasn't good at sales, it's because of not having people to talk to. Yeah. Imagine for a moment you grind and you set appointments and you have a day when you have five appointments set for the whole day, and everybody blow you off. They either no show mm. you or you're five minutes away and they call and cancel or reschedule or what have you. Or, you know, you get there and you yeah. see and they turn the lights off on you. Yes. <laughs> yes. So. I have literally confirmed an appointment on the way and got there and there was no one. <laughs> it was like, Man. what What? What possibly could you have? I've had people, I've, I've pulled up to people's homes, confirmed the appointment the night before, pull up. Knock on the door, first they come out the house and say, Yeah, man, we, we ain't gonna do it. Yeah, I, I've had, it's yeah, like, people call me. I've done, I, I'll be honest with you, I have sold insurance. I, well, I've tried to sell insurance. Uh, I had insurance license back in the 90s with a company mm-hmm. that promised big things. And then it was, you know, all of these appointments and all these questions and all of these, you know, medical questions. And I, I felt like I was so intrusive. At the same time, I was a cop, too. So, you know, I'm on both sides. Is, it was kind of weird. So I wound up walking away from that. And then um, as a legal shield rep, and I'm still active with legal shield. It's an insurance policy. It is an insurance policy. I just don't have to be licensed in most states. But people call you. It's like you called me. I wasn't even thinking about you. I ain't talked to you. You got my car from somebody else or whatever. But you called me and set up an appointment in an hour. And I get there and you're not there. I don't understand. Or you know, or you didn't have a change of heart, you know, and that's like, you know, 
these days now with, with Zoom and things like that, so you know, so yeah, it sucks, but right. you didn't use gas. Imagine driving an hour somewhere. Right. And you get no show. And imagine going through a day of no shows. And like when it happened to me, uh-huh. my territory was huge. So I, I may have had, yeah, I would have raised my day in a line. So I would have raised my appointment, you know, uh-huh. close, close, you know, my appointment, first appointment would be five minutes in the house. Next appointment may be 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And then the last one, I probably said I have a close to the house. Right. So imagine you drive out of your way like an hour. <laughs> yes. And that day, you drive it further and further and further, and you get no show the whole time. So you can spend your whole day in the car. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and these are these are like for those that's of brutal. you out there that's listening, you know, that that are considering this as a career or any career choice. You have to understand that your business is always going to be predicated on people actually buying or doing, jump, you know, pulling the trigger. And these are just some of the perils that you're gonna face. But you, um, yeah, I mean, at being um, motivated, uh, it's like a shower. Okay, you got to do it every day. You can't just jump out there and, and decide that you're going to be motivated to do something because you're going to get cracked in the head. You're going to get told no a million times. You're going to have these, these, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, learning yeah. curves. Bumps but again, like, these days, it's not nearly as brutal. I mean, you could spend, you may have a whole day when you call, you know, 25 people and like 23 of them tell you no. Mm-hmm. But you didn't leave your house. Mm-hmm. You know, so that part. Leave your house, and that's a lot easier to deal with. Right. You know, but I, again, I, with, I can imagine that you know it might be harder to actually meet people. But if you got people that you can connect, this is definitely a wonderful way to do it because you know it, it doesn't. It takes the borders off too. If you license across the country, like you know, you in Ohio, I'm in Hawaii. You know, if you if you were licensed here, you can sell me a new policy. You know. Yeah, yeah, I got I got a wild license. You know, I, I would be only getting it for you. So it'd be like, hey, you gonna have to give me the whole block. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, you need know to what? Get everybody in the neighborhood. You, you know what? About I got air, you. I'm just <laughs> you know, I'll be. I'm your biggest cheerleader. I'll be your biggest cheerleader, right. bro. Like, yeah, you know, but you need life insurance. You need to talk to the my insurance, Like the insurance industry is, is, is pretty cool because you don't need to go to college. Uh huh. To get into the business, um, it's a. Um, it's definitely. It's a, 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 a who you know business meaning. You know, if you're in the industry long enough and you do good work, people will refer you to jobs. I was going to get to that next, with the who you knows. Yeah, and that's the thing. If, you, if you're good, you know, companies are, you know, are hiring. The mm-hmm. industry, most of it, for the most part, is, is regulated, meaning not necessarily life insurance side, but like auto insurance, homeowners insurance, um, health insurance. You got to have it. Mm-hmm. You got to have it. So, you know, it's always going to be a need for agents. Now, um, you mentioned that you don't need a college education. Um, What about felonies? Okay. And I know that there are some, I know this is a fiduciary position, you know, for those of you 
uh, understand, like when you talk about fiduciary, you're talking about people's money in some way, shape, or form. So there are some felonies that are just not going to pass it. Yeah, pass it. But there fraud, are some. Fraud, dishonesty, or theft. Right. You can't get you in the street. Right. right. Yeah, you're not. They're not going to this at all. Right. But for those of you who may have a drug case or uh, old domestic or an old assault or whatever, and is considering this, but are, you know, feeling bad about it because you got this felony, that F on your on your uh, record does not. Um, it not doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily um, you can get a license, but being appointed. Right. Right. Being and then you got You got a whole different time. thing. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, but the thing of it is, is don't be discouraged. If you have that felony, don't be discouraged. And you know, ask some questions. Go a little bit further. You know, as long as it's not a fraud, a theft, something like that. So Mm -hmm. you know, just to be encouraging to those out there who's trying to to do something different. Yeah, and the thing is, is like, and not industry related, but this is why it's so important. You know, particularly for young people, that you can, you have to be careful about the people that you hang around with because mm-hmm. you catch a felony just riding in the car, riding with the wrong person mm-hmm. at the wrong time, and I have, you know, lifelong implications. Yeah. You know, you can have it expunged or whatnot, but that's expensive. You know, mm-hmm. it may be cost prohibitive, but you can do it. But it's really important that you be aware of who you hang with. Mm-hmm. You know, so that can really set you back. Yeah, and even old arrests, you know, stuff like that. Now, um, you know, there there is a difference between expungements and and getting your record sealed. Just you know, from my old expertise, where uh, I know someone that had been arrested for a felony but was never convicted was able to get it quote unquote expunged by simply sending a certified letter to the chief of police uh, to investigate that and realize that they weren't, you know, guilty. But, you know, that's all this information for another show. But the thing of it is, is um, research it for yourself. If, you know, brothers or sisters out there that's got that F on on their record and they're considering this for a career, do some digging. Stop just listening to what they say and find out for yourself. There's a lot of programs. You know, particularly in the state of Ohio, a lot of programs where you can get your uh, record record clean. Sweet. So, um, you mentioned relationships building. Um, how important is it to build relationships in this in the entrepreneurial business? Well, just no matter. Yeah, in business period, it's important to to build and maintain relationships. And it's not as hard as you think. It could be a simple one thing as simple as a phone call twice a year. Mm-hmm. Phone call, text, letter, card. I mean, cards. Cards really. Someone told me all the time, like a hand, like signing a card and singing it is, um, you know, it, it's, it's archaic. It's really yes, it's impactful. It, yes, it is extremely impactful. Um, I definitely agree. With time you. I said, day to actually go to the post office, put a stamp on it, send it off. You the store, bought the card, signed it, sealed it. That's a lot of effort when you can just sit at your handheld phone and get you a digital card and just. You know what? As a matter of fact, there is a company, most of them marketing company called Send Out Cards. And you can put your signature in there, pick a card, pay for it, do it all online, and they will physically 
send out a card with your signature on it and it honest guy looks like you sat down and hand wrote that you can type in a note and like say, you either way it. you know people love an app for that <laughs> people love to get everybody loves to get stuff in the mail true you know it's not a bill so yeah so but but building is, is, is crucial you know and you do that just by being a good, a good person you know what I mean? you don't necessarily have to be like have an overly bubbly personality Right. You, know, you just have to, you know, do, do good business and treat people right. Because within this industry, this business, again, if you're in it long enough, everybody knows everyone. And when mm-hmm. someone's hiring, I refer people that I wasn't necessarily friends with, but we were, we were cordial and cool, you know. Mm-hmm. And people have referred me, you know, on the same basis, you know. So it's uh it, it's major, you know. It, it's major, and it's not necessarily just on the job, but just in general, just out in public. A friend of my good friend of mine, uh, she's a nurse, mm-hmm. and um, shout out to uh, Black Nurses Rock, Black Nurses, Woo! Rock. Black Nurses Rock. You know, um, you know, she referred me to the, to, to, to them, you know, and I, you know, sold her insurance, and like the the, the purchasing process was kind of rocky because the application process took way too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the fact that she referred me, I was like, wow. It was just impactful. And we're, you know, we're good friends to this day. You know what I mean? And awesome. it wasn't just, business, just, you know, the fact that she thought of me, you know. Right. And, you know, I thought of her and support the organization. And, you know, it, it can't just be, hey, I want to rock with you so I can get insurance leave. Right. It has to be genuine. Meaning, you know, if you're going to be a part of a cause or an organization, you got to really support the organization. It can't just be transactional. People see through that. Yeah, I I totally agree. Like I said, you know, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And if they know you care, um, you know, because that that sincerity is a rarity. Right. Oh, yeah. Black Nurse Society. I had to get it right. Ah. You know, know, to my cousin, Shania Wimbledon, who was over the Black Nurse Society in Cleveland. Shout Uh, out. You know. That, that's my homie. Awesome. But yeah. Yeah. So, um, but about mentors. Okay. So, is there anyone in this business that you kind of looked up to to kind of help you, help guide you through different uh, situations in the business? Any mentorships? Um, you know what? Yes and no. And, you know, the thing is, is that sometimes you may have some seasoned agents that will go out of their way to teach you some tricks. Okay. You know, and when I say tricks, not scams, but just shortcuts or, or what, what's the word now? Hacks. 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 You know what I'm saying? They'll show you some hacks. And the, and the main thing is that you have to be mentally in a place to accept the, um, the advice. Right. To, to, to accept the advice. And, you know, it, and this is a very fast-paced industry. You know, most of your income is incentive-based. Right. No, because most companies give you enough money for you to come to work the next day. <laughs> right. I, I feel truth. you. I, that That's is true. And, you know, and these are the good companies. Right. <laughs> these are the good ones. They give you enough money to, you know, to where you can make the work and to where you can, you know, pay most of your bills. Most of them, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, so it's very fast paced. Everybody's working for their bonuses, the Christmases. Right college tuitions, you know, or school tuitions or what have you, or just the better things in life. 
So mm-hmm. if someone takes you under their wing, it's important, you know. Yes. Or to show you a shortcut. And again, it comes down to just, you know, being a quality human being, meaning you can't go into this bit. Like, the thing is that this business, you may start off with a bag, you know. Mm-hmm. Most people, you got to build up to that. You know, you may have some people to where they start off instantly and have some success. They think that's just the way it's always going to be. Yeah. But it's a roller coaster. It's it a roller coaster. Is. You may have a good month. You may have one great month and then three bad ones back to back to back. You know, it's a wave. So yeah. you can't be that person that's like, like so greedy for a sale that you will, you know, cut people out, you know, because it comes back. What I mean by that is if you're like in a call center situation, you may have someone they may have started working with the customer and that customer calls back and asks for a particular person. Mm-hmm. You got to make an effort to get that, get, get that customer back to the original person. You can't right. just say, oh, well, they're not here. Oh, I got you. Because uh, the thing is, it comes back. Mm-hmm. It comes back to you. So, you know, and by me, you know, doing square business, you know. That comes back too. Yeah, people look out for you. So it's like, even if I did take a sale, they said, well, he did ask. Okay, cool, understood. You know. Right. Or, you yeah. know, let me go ahead and get it back to you. Or just in general, when you do good business, people going to remember that. You know, yeah. and you may not be the, the, the top, 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 top salesperson in the organization. But you'll last a lot longer in that organization. But you, you got do. consistency and you getting referral business. Yeah. yeah. People, that's, people that's are going to refer talk. you. And let's say, for example, if you suck as a sales agent, but if, you, but if you're a good person, you'll last. You'll be with that company for about a year or two. <laughs> Over you being a good agent, you, you're a great salesperson, but you right. do size business. Because right. you do size business, you know, again, the insurance industry is regulated. So it's like, if you do something wrong and that company's looking at a five-figure fine or Man. firing you, Listen, yeah, <laughs> listen, I had a, uh, I, when I was active in Legal Shield back when it was prepaid legal, and I had a guy that was a really good guy. Was, I mean, he was, when he found out about the business model, he was on fire. Within the first 30 days, he had sold almost 30 memberships. Like, he was calling me oh, constantly wow. for memberships. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was on fire. And then all of a sudden, he disappeared. And the next thing I know, I got all these chargebacks. Now, he was on my team. I get all these chargebacks. And within the next 30 days or so, all of the memberships that he sold fell off the books. It turns out this guy had went and got uh, money cards and was trying to get. There was a bonus. The company was offering a bonus for new associates. And if they accomplished, you know, so much business in a certain amount of time, they would get this like additional $500 bonus, but they also paid very well for these memberships. So I thought he was excited about the money. It turns out it was all bad business. And within three months he had disappeared. Um, I got, I got hit by a charge. Of course he got his money is gone. Uh, but I got hit with chargebacks. My upper echelon I got hit with chargebacks. It went all the way up the line. I was so upset. Yeah, so uh but and and uh, versus here yeah. we are years later. Yeah, here we are years later and I actually been retired from 
actively promoting, you know, my the legal plan, but I st- my website is still there. I still get referral calls to this day. I still get referral calls. I yeah. still get commissions. Yes, to this day. Yeah, so we have people in this industry, you know, that will make a, you know, I remember this one girl, she was like top, top of the company. You know, she had sold like $89,000 of any last thing in like four months. Mm. That was crazy. Mm. But she had replaced she had came from an old company, and she had replaced all of that business, and she had to return all those commissions. Oh, and was out, and was out of the business. Yeah. Now that's the thing is like you know you know you have to um, approach this game, you know, on a long term basis because mm-hmm. insurance companies are some of the few companies in America that still have pensions. Mm. You know, like the company, like my main employer, we have a 401k match, mm-hmm. great insurance, for health mm-hmm. insurance, life insurance, uh, voluntary benefits, and a pension, profit mm. share. So insurance companies, you know, you have all these different ways to get money, you know, for income. Like a lot of your income is deferred. So the profit share is called, is called deferred income, mm-hmm. where if the company makes a profit, they have put X amount of dollars into your 401k. Right. Where, you know, let's say, for example, if you've been with an organization for like five years, your 401k could be like at $50,000 mm-hmm. because they're matching every dollar you put in there and you're getting the profit share jump into your 401k. Mm-hmm. I looked at my phone, I was like, what? I don't know why they didn't say it. Did it hit me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> They've been matching. <laughs> They've wow. been matching and they've been throwing that profit share money in there too. Wow. And since we got a pension, you know, my whole and that's the thing is like, you know, you want to um, is people be so thirsty to you know get it now, 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 now. But with anything, it's a marathon. Yeah, yeah, it's a marathon. So it's like, you know, and the financial services business is definitely unforgiving. It's tough. Meaning, if you don't hit numbers, then they gonna get rid of you. Period. Right. Now, okay, okay. So we want um, like there's a there's a fine balance because we talked about this as an entrepreneurial endeavor, but you do have an employer where you get a pension. So folks need to understand that. Yeah, you may have a company name on your shirt, but if you don't work a hustle, you don't get paid. So it's this is like setting your own hours, making your own money, building your own business. But you also got a pension, so it's kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah, it sounds like with this industry, it's like if you, you know, you can you can either go completely independent or you can, you know, you know, be an employee. Mm-hmm. So like with me, you know, I, I do both. You know, life insurance is something for myself. Whereas I do, I am an employer. I do work for a major corporation. Mm-hmm. You know, doing insurance as well for my primary income. So some people. You know, for me, it's a great balance to have, right. you know, the entrepreneurial side for the life insurance side and then the insurance side for, you know, my primary income. You know, do it however you want to, you know, you do it however you want. That's um, extremely yeah. flexible. That sounds yeah, like an extremely you flexible you want. So it's like, Yeah, so it's like for me, if let's say, for example, I'm having a bad salesman on the job, I can lose the life insurance bag. <laughs> <laughs> You know, ramp that up a little bit, and right. um, 
you know, it's just different ways to do it. And when you have these licenses going for you, you can really, you know, cut your own check. Yeah. Or let me go ahead and rent this up, figure out where your comfort level is and ramp it up. Now, you can just go, you know, ball to the wall, too. Depends on who you are, your personality, the, the different life obligations that you have, you know. Right. You know, it, just, it, it really depends, you know, for young people listening, you know, my advice is being as young as you can. Because you can retire early with this business. You can. The key thing is that with our people, you know, that's what it's before, a lot of our people just don't have a mindset to understand, you know, or, or entrepreneurial mindset to want to support their kids and try to build something. Mm-hmm. All they want is, what's the check? What's the check? Right. When, yeah. Yeah. You know, you just be patient and support, you know, support your kid and your young people to get them to where you can be. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna have to worry about the check. Right. Um, you know? Yeah. You were talking about so many different ways that uh, you can use it, the insurance industry as a career, as uh, flexible money, business opportunity. Uh, but before I get into like the the more like different points like collateral and stuff, I um, I want to ask you more about like being motivated because I like I said I've been out there and I know how hard it is to get a hundred no's and be excited that you know on the hundred first time you've asked it so. Uh, what are some things like I listen to uh, motivational audios and stuff like that? What are some things that you do to kind of oh, shrug off yesterday and start over again? You know, definitely the motivational, um, you know, audios, videos. Um, I look at my history. You know, if you're in this industry long enough, you've been through all the cycles. Uh huh. Where you're down, up. <laughs> It's a cycle, so you just have to be patient. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, there's no, you can't cheat the game. What I mean by that is, there's no, you know, there's, there's no shortcut. There's no true shortcut. You know, you got to pay your dues. You know? Time will expose you or promote you. Yeah, you got to pay your dues. You know, so, you know, you got to remember when you was up, uh-huh. you know. And, it's, and, and also, with insurance, particularly, it's a, it's a cycle, it's a cyclical, a cyclical, Cyclical, you know, I season, got it. <laughs> seasonal business, uh-huh. you know, seasonal business. So it's just certain times of the year, like the end of the year. Forget about it. Forget about it. Right. Forget about it. No one wants to talk about that, and no one wants to talk insurance and Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh-uh. So uh-huh. November and February, forget about it. So it, it, and don't beat yourself up about it either. Uh-uh. The seasonal business before, like, you know, like buying cars. You know, everybody buys cars in the summertime. Uh, yeah, tax- at tax time. <laughs> between tax time and between tax time and school, cars are. So <laughs> people are getting that tax money. People are getting tax money, bonuses, and what have you. Mm-hmm. You know. So, so you got to know your cycles. So yeah, who's, you to, who's been some of your um, your favorite? motivating like audios that you listen to like eric thomas uh, is one of mine jim Rohn's one of yeah. mine les eric brown thomas, les brown les brown for sure yeah no yeah i mean les brown definitely because i mean he got it out the mud right <laughs> <laughs> got it out the mud right i'm eric thomas too but like Les, yeah i mean he, his story 
remarkable. I mean, the fact that he was t- when I was looking at the film, he's talking about he bought his mom the house, mm-hmm. but lost the house, and had to go back. Ooh, oh, man, he had me said, "Well, you want to succeed more than you want to breathe." <laughs> yeah, you get it. You know, you have to just really you got to push it. You know, you got to really just you know push through it. Um, you know, you got to do what you can. You know, right. you, but like when less. Yeah, it just for him to have that setback. Uh huh. After like getting to the point to where you you know from you sleeping in the office, you know taking baths in the men's room. Man, to, you know, yeah, it's um, you know, and then you go through all that, buy your mama house, and then you lose the house. <laughs> then, it's humbling. That, you know, yeah, but it's like you can't never, you know. You can never, you have to just, you know, stay positive no matter what, you know, and yeah. you got to keep going. You can't, you can't, you know, stop, you know, believing in yourself and believing that it's going to change. Right. But you can ultimately think you got to stay on it. Yeah, you got to stay on it. Zig Ziglar you know, said motivation is like a shower. You got to do it every day. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I mean, I've been through a lot, you know, in terms of just, you know, yeah, entrepreneurial and the whole nine. Like, you know, mm. I've lost, I've, I've had cars repoed, I've been addicted. Mm. You know, I've lost jobs. And now, see, you know, after surviving Look at you all now. now. <laughs> Look at you like, now. Yeah, I'm like, if going through it, I didn't think that I was going to make it. You know what I'm saying? And I did, and I went through this with kids. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I and the thing is I went and did all of the quote unquote right things in life, went to school, got educated, got married, had you know, all of that mm-hmm. stuff, you know what I mean? But it happens but you know, looking now, where I'm at now and the, the being the position that I am, you know, I'm just really, you know, humbled. Right. You know, humbled, I'm grateful. And I just say this to people listening at, you know, whatever you're going through, you know. It this too shall pass, and uh, that and I hate pass. that phrase, but it's true. I hate it. I hate that I have to hate it because it's true. It's true that if you stick it, it out, too shall pass. You know, and the thing is, is that you can't you can't let your highs get too high and your lows get too low. I mean, and it's so cliche. Yeah, it is. It's such a cliche thing, but it's like, and I'm saying that because when you're high, you gotta you know put put them back. Mm-hmm. Put some of that money back, <laughs> man. If I had all my stupid money, if I had all my this this ain't go last money. If I had all that, woo, it's coming so easy money. I probably wouldn't be doing a podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, you go through it, and like with any business, you know, particularly in in the insurance business, I mean, because the money, you know, you may have a ten thousand dollar month. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had a couple of ten thousand dollar months. I have some six thousand, seven thousand dollar months. You know, and I don't consider myself to be like the insurance business. You know, those people that right. are really getting, getting, getting money in this industry. But you know, you had a month. You know, put some of it back. You know, don't think you. Should, you know, you may have a thousand dollar month. That part. <laughs> And you, you need know? some of them thousands from last month to make up for this month. So make know, up for it next yeah. month. Yeah, but you know, insurance industry is one of the few industries where you can, where it has a, it has a built-in entrepreneurial component. Even mm-hmm. if you have a job, 
a lot of your income is bonus is incentive based. Right. You know, right. so even if you clock in, clock out, it's like your own mini business. And it's a residual income. You build the residual income, like a lot, I know um, with Legal Shield, you're vested from day one because it's not licensed. But I know in like any different life insurance, auto insurance industry. Yeah, I get residual tax. I get residual tax. Like yeah. You know, Stuff you did five years ago. Membership I sold 10 years ago. And I wouldn't, I, you know, I wasn't out there grinding like that. But. So I couldn't sustain myself off of my little residual income, but man, them them few hundred dollars here and there, a couple thousand dollars coming there, it come in handy. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm a, like, that's an avenue of passive yeah. income. Like like the Wednesday before payday, it's like, and then I had a check hit for three hundred. I was like, hey, hey, I was like, baby, you about to eat? <laughs> I know. When I first started to follow Black Dollars uh, program, and I was trying to get everything off the ground, and I wanted to do these brochures, and you know, I was on my retirement income, all of a sudden, I got a deposit for over five hundred dollars from uh, my residual income, and I was like. <gasps> I forgot all about this and got my yeah. brochures and everything got my website you know got a few things set up with that yeah so it's one yeah it's like one of the industries where you're going to get with your income mm -hmm. you know even it, it slower steady wins the race and the longer right. that you're like people call me for life insurance that i haven't talked to you still do it yeah well i gotta put money for you right or right. i need something and that's those relationships that's the big, again build, keeping those relationships and keeping your phone number. <laughs> Man, yeah, I had a guy that uh, a business got, um, connection that I made some years ago, and over the course of a year, he had three different phone numbers. And I'm like, dude, how are you in business? You keep changing your phone. You need to get a Google phone or something. But yeah, that's I, right. I've had this number for twenty years. I've had people yeah, call me. Keep, keep your phone number. No keep your what, phone keep, number. Keep your number. I think in my adult life, I've had, I've had two numbers. Yep. Two. Yep. I've had this number for over 20 number years. And the one I got now. <laughs> and I still get people calling me, you know, from my old business. That I, there's probably 30,000 pieces of, of material out there with my name and phone number as far as my businesses are concerned. And I'll still get people calling me like, is this Nicole? Wow, I'm so glad you got this number. I've just ran across your card. You still doing that legal thing? Yep, I sure am. <laughs> Here's yep. my link. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. That's what called free yeah. money. Yeah. So that's the thing. I mean, and it comes in. It, it comes in handy. So you know, so as a career, mm -hmm. you know, and the cool thing again, this industry is regulated, so it's like you can work this. You work this uh, business, and. You're gonna stay employed. Either you're gonna stay employed, or you're gonna be able to hustle and, and eat. You know, yeah. you know your, you're gonna be able to hustle and eat. Like a friend of mine, never forget my boy Gerald. He was working in. I was saying before, like you know, it's a um, unforgiving business. You gotta hit your numbers, mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of times to hit your numbers, you may have some more of the women. Mm -hmm. You know, and he had said to me, he said, "You know what? I got license." So no matter what they do to me here, I'll be able, I got a license, so I'll be able to get me a job. Mm. Hmm. You know, not I'm going to get me a job. I got a license, and that's what it is. You don't want to, you don't want to jeopardize your ability to operate in, in, in any business 
for a sale. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to get every sale. You're not. Right. And that bad sale is going to, it could come back and bite you. Really. It really can. I had a, a, a a lady, a friend of mine, she was my best friend's grandmother and she had one of those, um, insurance men that come by the house. Uh, this was recent. This was in the last 10 years. And she took out a policy on one of her sons and she's, she was in her late seventies. So he was in his fifties. And a few months later, he died of an, uh, a serious illness, um, but the insurance agent had put that he didn't have any illnesses. So when she filed her death claim, they simply returned her uh, several months premiums that she had been paid, paying into it, and uh, he did not get it, her son did not get that death benefit. She had to, you know, come up with the money, so... Um, you know, she canceled her other policies with this guy and went somewhere else. But uh, oddly enough, the dude lived down the hall from me in my apartment many miles away. And I confronted him about that. Like, you sold my grandma a bogus plan. Like, that's mm-hmm. horrible. Just to yeah, get the commission. Well, the thing, and I just say, hey, look, you know, um, on them plans with serious business, I don't No, I'm not going to, um, I'm going to ask you the question. And if you say this in the third, I'm going to give you the plan. Look, this is what you can get. Right. What you can get. <laughs> right. I've turned down money with Legal Shield, too. I mean, and they were like $19, $20 a month policies, but it still paid really, really good. Uh, really good commissions, but just these, emer- you know, certain situations, I was like, nah, uh, nah no, no, nah, you had to get your policy you know, from somebody else. I'm not selling your policy. Yeah, because I'm like, well, I'm a, well, I'm like, you know what? We'll talk to somebody else because uh, I value my business right over that little bit of money. Right. Now, uh, okay, so more on the business of people, you know, uh, in, in any business, you're going to put in more time in the beginning than it's going to pay out. But if you use that time wisely and you do good business, then eventually you will be in a position where you are spending less time and making more money. So, you know, just you got to be persistent. You know, you have to be, as like you said, motivated and as excited about your business on day 100 after a million no's. As you were on day one. Right. All right. So let's talk about some selling points now, you know, for uh, we know life insurance kicks in when somebody dies. But what are some really great selling points? You had mentioned collateral and protecting nonprofits, um, you know, because of those of us who really want to help somebody and thinking about this for uh, an opportunity. That'd be great to know. So, you know, so again, you know, if you, um, you, if you're in business with somebody, let's say me and you do a business together and we make the business grow and one of us passes away, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times the family members of a business partner will want to say, well, he, his share is this or her share is that. The life policy will pay off the family members. You can just run the business like this. You keep going. You know, okay. so everybody wins. You know, and again, you know, um, so that's a having life insurance policy on each other if you're business partners. Right. Called a buy-sell agreement. A buy-sell agreement? Mm-hmm. Called okay. a buy-sell agreement. So you definitely, you definitely want to ask. Um, again, you know, when you talk about nonprofit organizations, um, a lot of times you can leave a, la- a, 
a, give a, a parting gift to an organization, a life policy. And if you have a, a, a whole life policy, over time, those policies uh, grow in cash value. So you can actually open, they can, can have multiple policies to access those cash reserves. You know, okay. Access those cash reserves. And also, like I said, you know, you brought up collateral. You have numerous policies <laughs> with, you know, cash reserves. You know, you want funding. All right. You can, you know, say, hey, you can, that can be part of your collateral. Like, hey, look, we have money. Right. You know, it, it, it makes you more attractive. You know, one of the main things that people ask you when you're trying to buy a house is uh, what access do you have? Oh, you have life insurance? Okay, yeah. How much is the death benefit? Right. Okay. You know, if you have a, a quarter-million life insurance policy on your life and you're trying to get a mortgage, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and like you mentioned, uh, you, like, you mentioned the nonprofit. Yeah, I do actually. Right. I do, yeah. Right. And yeah, like you mentioned the nonprofits for for those you know of yeah. you who like pay tithes to your church. So you know if you're paying a hundred dollars a month, just say for easy numbers, and you could use thirty dollars of that to have a life policy yourself, where you would make the church a beneficiary and you get the other put the other 70 in the change uh in the collection plate yeah. and that is you know even if there's right now church money sometimes you know some churches that need that right now money but that's a much better way of yeah and plus, and helping yeah, that place that's, out that's the thing. they'll appreciate that you know right or let's say you know yeah that, they'll appreciate that and if the church is the owner let's say for example if you do take out a life policy on yourself and you make the church the owner and the beneficiary. Let's say that you become, you know, disabled or unable to work and pay it. The church will pay that premium. Right. <laughs> the church will, as the owner, will be, oh, well, how much are we getting? Yeah, you're going to pay that premium because uh, we want that money. Exactly. And, you know. It's and a long-term most, investment. You know, you know, and I would say 99% of good churches will, you know, you don't have a, you know, they'll take care of you because you, after all, you gave that to the church. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Right, that's so. a long-term investment. And you mentioned about um, talking to your children about having life insurance, each one of them being the owners of life insurance on the parent as a long-term investment. Now, that was a good that was a good nugget for me. Like, yeah. That you know, makes if, a lot of sense. If, if you're, you know, you're older and you're in good health, then your children should take out a large policy on you and pay the premium because you know once you pass away, then you're, you know you all you guys can break bread and maintain the wealth. You can right. maintain the wealth. So it's like okay, we're not going to have to sell Big Mama's house, right? You just keep it, you know. Yeah, you know, those yeah. those are nuggets and, and right there. You, how you maintain the wealth, or that's how you create wealth. Let's say, for example, if you know, if your mom and your dad was this everyday person, mm-hmm. you know, pass away. When you pass away, you know, you barely pay your final expenses, and then everybody in the family is in a better position. Right. In a better position in life to where it's like, okay, what are we going to do now? Right. And see, these are fabulous selling points and people, you know, who are building their business, if you really care about people, 
uh, you're wondering, well, how do I meet people? How do I share this? How do I market this? Well, you having casual conversations with people every day about real life situations. Why not mm -hmm. be able to offer them a real solution, you know, or a real good idea to be able to help right. protect their family? Yeah. All right. Um, you, know, you mentioned yeah, tax breaks too. Yeah, you know, and I do believe that a lot of those uh, premiums, I think it's the premiums are deductible. I'm not 100% sure. I have to double check. I think that if it's for a business, if it's a buy seller business, those premiums are tax deductible. It sounds like it ought to be. Um, yeah. But also, as the business owner, um, you get tremendous tax breaks with things you do. Like if you wind up driving over to a friend's house, to just be, you know, to just chill, y'all wind up talking about your life insurance plan for the next three, four hours. And he said, say, okay, you know what? I need him. If you got some paperwork in the car, all of a sudden, your trip to your friend's house became a tax deduction. Yeah. And not only that, the cool thing about a life a death benefit is those death benefits are not taxable. Right. That is, yes, life insurance uh, benefits is tax-free income. That's tax-free cheese right there. So. Tax-free cheese. <laughs> that is a, a tax-free long-term investment, you know, when you come to mm -hmm. think about it. Because, like, if you invest in mutual funds or any of that, uh, 401ks, whatever it is, when you draw, even IRAs, when you draw that money down, it is now taxable income. If I invested it back in 1989 and I drew it down here in 2021, it is now taxable income in the year 2021 when I may be in a higher tax bracket or whatever. But uh, a death benefit is always tax-free so if you got kids that's invested in their you know that's paying this premium on their parent it's a it's going to be a tax-free investment that's better than mutual funds it sure is <laughs> so that's the thing you want to um you know but a lot of people aren't you know a lot of our people are so you know trying to make it day to day you know mm -hmm. but it's not just necessarily your people because things are so expensive, particularly in college. And a lot of kids are going to college now and being there forever. I mean, I'm still paying college loans because it's just so, <laughs> you know, we, America has made everything a commodity. Yeah, yeah. I remember elementary school, middle school, where we could go to trade schools and get skills and stuff like that as a part of everyday school. Then they took skills out to school and made community colleges. Now you got to pay for skills. Well, a lot of your better districts, you can do that. Like, you know, my, my, my child's uh, district, you can come out of high school with several trades. Now they're doing it. They put uh -huh. it back. Remember, they took it out of the schools for a long yeah, time. Yeah, of certificates you can become a nurse you know colder a lot of things yeah you know, emt out of so, high school so how val how valuable do you think your mba actually has been to your entrepreneur choice later on mm, nope. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just being frank no nope, not at all i mean the thing is that it was valuable probably 25 30 years ago Mm. It'd be like the NBA is something like I would say that if you're already in management for your organization, mm -hmm. the NBA will put you over the top. But if you're entry level, because mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, in business, it's, it's, it's who you know. 
It's, okay. it's mostly, you know, so you definitely have to develop the soft skills and networking skills. Uh, I'm not downplaying it. I'm grateful for the experience and for the degree, but um, I would. And it I also would depends know. on where where you get the MBA from. All right. Like a I MBA. I would agree. Well, I would agree that just to saying the name Harvard, you know, might get you places. Harvard BBA. <laughs> right. I, I would agree that yeah. like, there's a whole lot of different programs. Like, I, I got a phenomenal education through the multi-level marketing industry and how to network with people yeah. and how to run a business and how to structure systems and stuff like that, where I was actually getting paid while I was learning this stuff. And there's like mastermind classes. There's... Um, uh, brainstorming groups, you know, have you ever tried any of those in mastermind groups or brainstorming groups? I haven't. I haven't. I've been, I've, I've been just so busy just, you know, with my career and my yeah. family. I, I really haven't. I will tell people, you know, that depends on, it, it really depends on the school you go to. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's so, that's the thing. You can have an MBA from, you know, Kent State. I went to Kent State for undergrad. That MBA from Kent State well, does not hold a, a candle to the, mm. to the uh, to a Harvard MBA or a Yale MBA. Right, it's levels to this. It's levels, you know what I mean. So, um, I'll be honest with you, I got a GED. <laughs> yeah, so so you know, and and this just depends on what you want to do. Cause like, but like again, if you're already in management, mm-hmm. then the MBA from insert school. Health. Right. It in school, but if you're, you know, entry level or whatnot, you know, you definitely want to make sure you go to the right school, and you definitely want to make sure that, you know, you, yeah, you you want to go to the right school. Right. Okay. You, know, you do. If you're gonna you do, do it, if you're gonna do it, then then go to the right school. I I agree with you. You, know, you want you definitely want to go to the to the right school to uh, get the MBA. Really the, I mean, the, really the bachelor's. I mean, if you're gonna get, if you're gonna go to college, period. You definitely want to go to college for, you know, something that you are passionate about, right? And that you can take care of yourself with. A lot of times, like when I'm, the thing is that a lot of our youth we come from such such crazy places where college is like an escape. Wow. Meaning, it's like I gotta get out of this neighborhood. Oh, I'm going to die. Right. I'm going to get caught up in the streets. And so you go to college, you don't know what you want to do. You just know you don't want to be. That's how I wound up being a cop. I, I never wanted to be. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just, it's a class. It's a test. It's a course. Let me sign up you to see if that'll work. to be useful. And, and, and the thing is, is that on a macro level, so many of us are kids. You know, don't know what they want to do. They just know they want to be out. Whether mm-hmm. they're living and growing up, they don't want to hear the crazy people, you know, yelling and screaming and fighting. They don't want to get bullied or harassed, catching the bus to or from school or walking home from work or what have you. So they go mm-hmm. to college. It's an escape. Because mm-hmm. college, college or the military is a better option in their neighborhood. Right. And that's unfortunate. Sad but true. That's- that's something that we had to fix, and that's where I fit. I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted in school. I just knew <laughs> that I didn't want to go to prison or get killed. And college, college, and the military was there, and I was this close 
mm-hmm. going to the military, I had to um, I had met with a recruiter on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was supposed to link with that recruiter. I had filled out some paperwork that on the, he had came to the house Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Filled the paperwork. I was supposed to go to Cleveland on Saturday to take my plans or what have you. The next day, my acceptance letter from Kent State came. And I was like, I'm going to Kent. Fuck y'all. I know that's right. So my best so, by the bell. The, the thing bell. is, I knew then, I knew that I did not want to be in the street. Mm-hmm. Period. So a lot of our kids go to school, the college, simply to get away from the street. And that's how you end up going to, and the thing is that a lot of us wasn't prepared to go to college or go for college. Our parents didn't go, so they didn't know, they didn't understand, they didn't have no idea on how to prepare us, you know, to attack college. Right. I tell my boy, I'm like, well, you have to have the discipline to go to college. You don't have to go to school now. I'm not going to pay for you to go to college. Because you're going to, um, honestly, because the thing is with college is that you got to go through the right programs and degree programs for it to make sense, number one. Number two, you got to have great grades in college on the mm. undergrad level or companies will not hire you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're mediocre. When I got this person coming out of school, they were beingless the whole time. And it's present the whole time. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and, you know, people with the great grades just to get the cushy um, internships. Mm-hmm. And internships turn into a job. So your whole senior year, you're actually working at your job mm-hmm. part-time or full-time. You know, if you have the great grades, and you got the average grades, and you have, then you're going to be doing something. You're going to have a degree in insert program, busting tables. <laughs> or you're going to have a general studies degree, and you're being the SCNA. Nothing, not knocking SCNAs at all, because I was an SCNA through, through college. I was too. That's how I did that too. It was, be- it was way better than whatever was going on. You know, I was making good money, you know, doing that. So what I'm saying is that, you know, a lot of our kids, we go to college to escape prison, mm-hmm. to escape getting killed, riding with your cousin. Right. Place <laughs> a long time. So it's just, you know, you got to know what you're going for. So a lot of times you shouldn't even go to college to get you a trade, you know, or certificate and work. Some people, right. you know, so everybody is not college for everybody, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. You can make a ton of money without going to college. You can get to a trade. Like I said, carpenter, you, and I are sitting, you. you and I are sitting on opposite ends, you know, of that spectrum, and, but here we are sitting again. Here, you're, you're a college-educated man. You know, and, and waited till you got through all of that and, you know, have your grown children. I had a baby at 15. I have a GED. But here we are sitting at the same table, you know, having this interview. So it, it where you start, just as long as you're persistent, you know, about making a better life, you can get to where you want to go. Yeah. and But that's the thing of like, so, you know, we just need, you know, it's just, we don't, we just know that there's an idea. We, it's like, yeah. we know. I need to get out. Yeah. But yeah. So you said it's about mindset. Like, you know, how do you feel about uh, the mindset of someone that wants to get out? Is You know, like we said, uh, we're, we're at opposite ends of the spectrum. With my thing, um, college would have been extra difficult, and military became out of the question once I found out that I would have had to sign my son over to 
someone else i had to think of something else so and here you are at the opposite end where you know as a black man that's a scary thing to be in america in the first place yeah you know but like i said here we are eating at the same table yeah it's like i just it's like i knew i knew the streets wasn't for me and mm-hmm. I, I, I it was like you know what some people is some people is cut from that club i knew i wasn't <laughs> i have no I have the thing is that I had no qualms about not. You, you know what? You're right. Like you want to be people? No. No. <laughs> like no, I don't. No. You know I person can never make me feel bad about not being a, a, a street person. Mm-hmm. And I don't even not street people at all. It's just I know I'm not that. And you know you have to just be in tune. You got to be in tune with who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta know what you what you're about, and operate from that reality. And me operating from that reality has really literally saved my life. Yeah. You know, when old boy was like, when he was like, "Let me out the car." The boys in the hood, he's mm-hmm. like, "Let me out." And your real friends, if they're your real friends, guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna pull the car over, over. and let and you out. Right. They gonna drag you down with them. No, if they if they your friend, they your friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, but just having the mindset, knowing who you are, accepting who you are, loving who you are enough to you know mm. make those moves. You know, yeah. You know, to make those moves, and even if you didn't know, it was really about faith for real. Yeah, that's it real was, talk. It was, a, it was a faith thing because um, I remember. I had got to the point to where I was going to go to school, go to college, to the ACC, but I had no money to pay for the test. Mm-hmm. So my English teacher actually, she asked me about it. I was like, well, I didn't have the money to pay for the test. And she was like, here's the money, pay, pay the test. Wow. <laughs> so she wow. paid for me to take the ACC and I took it. And I got it. That's amazing. And, um, you know, shout out Mrs. Brown at the book class 96. So Wow. In his school, when I was graduating, I rolled back up to the school and was like, hey, I just want to thank Mrs. Brown, you know, and I told the class, I was like, this lady paid for me to take my agency now, and I graduated Saturday. So thank wow. you for doing that. So the thing is, is that, you know, the community, you know, you need, you know, the community is real, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we need more of that. You know, we need people that, you that know, care. educators and people that, you know, everything can't be about a check. Right. Everything right. cannot. And, you know, with the because becoming a teacher is definitely not about to pay. Yeah. It can't <laughs> be about a check, man. You know, everything, everything cannot, you know, and the thing is, and even with the industry, the industry, it yeah. can't all be about a check. Right. You know, and you're going to make the money, but you cannot not all be about a check because, again, you have a situation where some site agent lied on the application uh, and uh-huh. had people jammed up. When it depended on that money, you know. Now I, I had wrote my uncle rest in peace. Life insurance policy, he did everything by the book, took the exams, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? And he passed as his cancer. Uh huh. You know, and my aunt got her got her bread. That's what's up. They paid. Her experience at the funeral home was a lot different than everybody else's. Whereas, like, well, we don't know what we're gonna do, and you got, we got to all huddle up and try to. You know, get his money together or do the GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. Her experience was, oh, you got a life policy? Okay, what you want to do? Right. 
and the policy's five years old, hey, all right, cool. That's what's up. <laughs> you know, it's a different, it's a different dynamic. You know what I mean? And um, you did anything about a book? Whereas if I could have been shysty and just, you know, a while, yeah. you know, it could have been different. You know what I mean? But hey, yeah, like I said, it's it's about that mindset about you know. You care about what you're doing. Don't nobody care about what you know until they know how much you care. You know, and that's real talk right there. And, you know, when you've been able to come through for families like that, uh, you know, and just go and going back to your school, that, that kind of that choked me up right quick, though. We got to give a shout out to teachers everywhere because, you know, that yeah. is a that's a, that's what you call it, a labor of love. That's a labor of love. Went, you know, they've been looked out for me. They saw something in me. A little, either, either they were a little extra hard on me or they laid off of me. You know what I mean? It was, it, it's a balance. You know what I'm saying? It's a balance. Yeah. You know, but I think that it needs to be more anticipated to like middle of the road students. Because either, if you're like an AAA student, uh -huh. you get the community protects you. Right. If you're like a top top five students, they protect you, you know what I'm saying, the hood mm -hmm. is just, you know, no, that's, uh, he about to be somebody one day, or she right. gonna be somebody one day, or if you play sports, and you scoring the touchdowns, da -da -da, you're making the baskets, the hood mm -hmm. protects you. On the flip side, if, you, if you're a knucklehead, and you're a thug, and what have you been, guess what? <laughs> Not <laughs> so much. Or you get, you know, if, if you get, you get the attention, all the attention and the extra help because you're being uber negative. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, you're Again, this mindset. Why are you always in my office? Whereas you got all these kids in the middle. <laughs> yeah, see, I like I liked the attention, you know, in school or whatever, but I didn't want to be the bad kid. I wanted to be the good kid that get to go to the office because I get to run errands for the teacher. Right. <laughs> I was teaching that. But you know, you got I said I wouldn't get beat up because I was light scales yeah. high yellow girl in the black neighborhoods. I wouldn't get beat up, so I had to be teaching that. <laughs> yeah, I got to do something. Something <laughs> off me, man. Survival, but it's like you got these little kids, you know, that end up like committing suicide or commit or get addicted to drugs or fall into all types of stuff because they're overlooked. Yeah. You know, they get overlooked because it's like, well, you could be top five or whatever, but you're shy mm -hmm. or you're depressed. You know what I'm saying? Or you got things going on at home and you don't want to talk to nobody. That uh, what goes on in my house stays in my house, kills futures is what it does. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Reggie, you, you know, like I said, you've been in, in the insurance agent for over 15 years. You're doing phenomenal now. We done touched on so many different topics and, and you know, you and I are good friends. We could chop it up forever. Um, but so I want to make sure that everybody remembers if you need to reach out to Reggie Clemens. I didn't I didn't shout out your info at the beginning of the show. You know, bad host. Bad llama. <laughs> Rclemens216 at gmail.com. That's Clemens like lemons with one M. Rclemens216 at gmail.com. And you can uh, give him a call at 216-925-6577. Two one six nine two five six five seven seven. If you are considering this for a career, um, you know we had talked about mentors and such, and I'm sure that you wouldn't have a problem 
um, being that, that mentor and, and answering those questions and just, you know, not being that, that bridge um, from yeah. the unknown over into recognition. That's the best part. So mm -hmm. uh, days, like you said, good days, bad days, bad months. Do you have like a favorite song that you like to put on to pump you up sometimes when it's, uh, it's just one of them days, but you got to work? Uh, you know what? I would say that uh, when Nipsey Hussle dropped his album, V3 uh, Lap, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that album, that whole album is like a, um, is, is like a motivational tool, <laughs> you know, for you to get it out, for you to get going. You know what I mean? So I'll I play that. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I have my audios for when I used to work out and uh, Britney Spears work bitch <laughs> Kip, yep. yeah, you want a high body <laughs> you want a Bugatti you want a Maserati you better work bitch <laughs> right. awesome awesome so uh, listen we're well, like I said we could chop it up forever in a day uh, Reggie Clemens at uh, ReggieClemens216 at Gmail is available to answer your questions, to help you get your your business knowledge cap on, give you some great tips about things that you could use uh, insurance for and, and ways that you can, you know, help sell these uh, and market these to your friends and family. Um, so are there any things that, like, maybe you're not real good at, you're still working on, um, so folks can know you are human? Um, you know what? Believe it or not, I I, I make a living on the phone. <laughs> I believe but it. I need to I need to do better, like you know, you know, appointment setting. But like making yeah. outgoing calls. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I've 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 I don't. i You know what it is? I think what it is is that you know going to college and stuff. You know, it doesn't make sense. I don't like talking to people who have no interest in what I'm talking about. Right. You know, so it just like, and you work for like, and there's one thing in industry, like a downside, you may work for organizations or agencies that will give you terrible sales leads, <laughs> meaning the people that you're calling have no interest whatsoever in what you're talking about. But you have lead companies that sell recycled junk leads with, or with bad numbers and one of the biggest things that can really uh discourage you is if you get a batch of bad leads uh. someone that's been called on like a trillion times by a trillion different agents so for me it, that's frustrating but you know the, the the preferred leads cost anywhere from 30 to 60 bucks each mm -hmm. so you know a lot of people don't have the resources to buy a, a block of those really, really good leads. So, you know, you have to navigate through the junk. Right. And navigating through the junk is a, it's a challenge. So that's why you have to have the mental, the mental Fortitude. Yeah, you just get through that. So that's something that, that I personally struggle with. Yeah, that yeah. phone looks like a 500-pound gorilla when it's time yeah, to make so, those sales so calls. That's the thing, so, you know, so I am human. And that's like one thing, you know, that I really, you know, that I struggle with to this day. So it's like, but I will tell you that you have to go through those experiences and, and when you start starting out, you may get a job with one of those companies where that's hard to finish. <laughs> but 
<laughs> That's all they're going to give you, but you have to suck it out because you may get, I've got some of my best sales from one of those penny leads, you know, a, a two cent lead. Right. Two cent lead can bring you two bands. Man. So for those, for the uninitiated band, thousand dollars. <laughs> So, you know, right. I'm just saying. So, but but that's like something that I that I struggle with with talking to people who have no interest in my consciousness. It, it goes against my, it, it's not logical. It's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. It's like, why am I, why am I even here? Because like in my, in my mind, I'm a professional and it's so unprofessional because it's like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have somebody talking to me about something I have no interest in. So and they trying not to be wanna, rude and hang up on you. I'm just like, man, I don't even, I don't want no widgets, man. <laughs> I don't even, I have no desire to even purchase no remote. And you're up here giving, you know, you're on the phone, you're giving your heart out. All right. You know, you, you are like giving your best pitch ever and you've been wasting on someone who was like, you know what, man, I was just trying to get get a bonus sc- score on this Facebook game while I was playing. I oh, my God. Or oh, don't have a job or, you know, just absolutely all that field ain't got nothing to do with nothing. Yeah, so, so it's just, you know, sometimes picking up that phone and navigating through the jump. You know, that's, that's just, it's, it's just Ugh. But again, you gotta pay. You know, when you get into this industry, initially, you gotta pay your dues. Now, right. back in the day, back in the day, they would be, you know, agencies would be your phone book and be like pick up that phone. Right. <laughs> you out the phone book. So. <laughs> well, you know what, and that that leads me to question. You know, this question too. If, let's say you move somewhere new. You ain't know nobody like I did. How would you start your? Uh, how would you start meeting people? How would you build your network? Uh, I would, um, you know, different, you know, different things that I'm interested in. Uh-huh. I would seek out, you know, those places or organizations. Uh, you know, work with them or like, let's say, for example, or a nonprofit. You know, I would seek out those places and you know, to you know, see if I can get a platform to speak. Okay. Sponsor a couple of events. You know, so offer your help. Yeah, and said, "Oh yeah, by the way, so what do you do?" Well, I'm you know working on clinics. I'm selling insurance. Oh, well, what kind? Of, oh yeah, I need that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I had <laughs> one of my mentors. Right? One of my mentors told me, uh, "Find someone that's doing what you want to do, and see how you can be of help to that person." Right. That's Next it. thing you know, that's you wind up. You know, you wind up being a number one go-to person they call when they need help in your area. Before you know it, you're a protege. Be useful. You got to be useful. You know what I mean? And can't, right. Like, again, going back to, uh, you know, Les Brown was talking about a guy that lost his job. Mm-hmm. You know, he got to the point of applying for jobs. And he said, you know what, let me just volunteer. I can't, I cannot stay at home. Mm. Do nothing. And so do volunteer. And then before you know it, they offered him a job. Wow. You know, because he, he volunteered, you know what, because he was like a, a, a mid to high level exec who lost his job. And the thing is, is that so we're at the age right now where it's cheaper to hire someone with your expertise that's younger. Mm. They'll take less money. 
Because mm-hmm. we know our words. <laughs> we know our words and we're going to stand part. on it. And that's real talk. But it's like, hmm, I can get more years out of this young person that's like that's 29. And thirsty for a job. 40, hold up. Then hire the 44-year-old. Mm-hmm. Or the 50-year-old. I'll take, I'll take a little less production from this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take repeating on how to do it 16 times before you get it. But once you get it, you got it for, you know, half the cost of somebody that's experienced. Yeah, because it's like, you know, it's like, hey, it's, it's like buying tires. Do I want to spend $1,000 on a set of tires? That's how much they cost now. Mm. tires. Or do I want to go <laughs> to the spot on St. Clair <laughs> and grab me these four not East End. <laughs> not East End tires. Hey, yo, I've done it. You know, do I want to go ahead and spend like, you know, 250 on these four used tires? Right. Should I get my cheese back up? Or, or, or Costco's and get the four for, you know, a grand, I feel you. Yeah. So, yeah, what we going to do? I mean, it's a business decision. So, you know, but he was like, you know, let me be useful. And then, you know, you have to be useful. And that's the, but that's the cool thing about having experience is that, you know, you really, you're able to be flexible. You know, you're able to be flexible. You, after seeing so much, you recognize patterns. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, you can recognize if the company's lost, a, you know, lost a large chunk of their lead source and they're trying to... <laughs> You know, do more with less. Mm-hmm. So you can either complain about it or you can just roll with the punches because you know, well, I can roll with the punches or not have a job. Let me go ahead and roll with these punches and shut the hell up. Right. And, and, and weather the storm. You know, See, there's a book called Who Moved My Cheese. Y'all might want to look into that. When your cheese yeah, moves, so, you got to move with it. Yeah, you got to. You got to. Move with it. <laughs> like yeah, said, you, you, you got to be bobbing and weaving. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, right now, we're going through a situation where the car value was, like, reduced significantly, and nobody said nothing, and I was like, oh, I know what happened. Let me, um, just... <laughs> right. Let me adjust to this new reality. <laughs> right. And then, I mean, then you had to dig up, you had to, uh, you know, call up on some of your old skills to, yeah. to fill and in them slots. And what's crazy is that uh, with a previous employer, I had got a, ta- a job that I hated. Like, we would call on people that they didn't already call, like the people that didn't got quoted mm-hmm. already and what have you. We would follow up with them and call back, and my job was to call them back and sell them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would get up, like, or people that didn't, these people, some people were quoted, some weren't, a lot of them were not quoted, they just expressed interest. So I would spend all day going up and down the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. So now, what I'm doing now is I'm calling people that went online and quoted themselves already. Right. I'm just saying, hey, look, work is what? It's so much easier. So much easier. Work smarter, not harder. And like then, it's like my whole approach is my. This is easy. I used to have to call on hundreds of these. Right. Now, just like ten or fifteen or twenty, just, you know, to stay busy to, to generate that activity. So if I convert one out of twenty, the company loving it. Right. Or right. one out of ten, they they're happy. So I had to revert to that. Then experience the time I hated it and didn't understand why, but now I'm like, oh, great, right? I did this. Cool, let me go ahead and you know, versus just sitting, sitting, 
waiting and waiting and waiting right on activity when i'm like okay cool i know how to roll with it now that's cool like in the beginning you know you may make up in numbers what you lack in skill you know so if where a person like you that's been around a while can call on 10 people and get three sales. And, you know, I'm a new, I'm just starting out. I may have to call a hundred people to get those three, but as time goes on and you get better and better, you know, every day and every way we get better and better and anybody yeah, can get you, better. Yeah. The thing is about being seasoned, you can adjust, you know, and then it's like to the point where let's say, for example, you may age out of the industry or age out of opportunity was like, you know what? I've been working for the XYZ company for 15 years, and I've been c consistently making 90000 a year. Mm -hmm. The company got sold. Mm -hmm. They're paying everybody like half of that now. They're gone. I'm going to go. But you're in a position with your skill set that you can make 70000 on your own. Right, without $20,000 in travel and lunch and this, that, and the other, and all that yeah, good stuff. It's, it's, yeah, with, so the industry is just, like, it can all be virtual. This guy is, is ladies and gentlemen that are making 100000 a year in, in pajamas. Yeah, I mean, this is an industry where, like, right now we're we're on a Zoom meeting. You know, this audio is going to be uploaded where they just see a slideshow, but you and I actually get a chance to look at each other, and we can literally both be naked from the waist down. Right. <laughs> you know? you know, that's and the thing. Doing so, what we do. Yeah, and the, yeah, that's the thing. Like, the we're not we, just for the you know the PG people listening, listening out not. there. We are <laughs> not. Yeah, yeah. Uh -uh. <laughs> it's crazy even though i work from home and i you know i'm in my dining room right now i get up i brush my teeth take a shower i get dressed i put my shoes you know put my makeup on put my glass and my hair is done and i walk into and sit down at my desk like i'm in my office you know i still mm -hmm. have to separate myself mentally from home and work you know so you know be you know be prepared for that yeah this is this is a business you got to treat it like a business even though we in our we could be in pajamas yeah so and that's the, and that's the thing is like plus like with the the cool thing about the virtual environment is that it opens up so many opportunities for people that if they did see you face to face like in the flesh, they may not be nearly as comfortable talking to you mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons. Whereas, you know, you see me, but you know, you're not. I'm not in your face. Right. It's just a different situation, so you can actually focus on what I'm saying, and you know, right. it's, just, it's it's different. Plus, like a lot of the office stuff that goes on, you know. You know <laughs> and then you know what? Like I, I've been talking. There, you know, you may have talking for a living for years. Freak. And it's not smellophone. See, I, I've been talking to people for years. I used to always keep gum in my door. And that was the last thing I got out the car. I put a piece of fresh gum in my mouth before I go do a presentation or whatever. But then you get the, the people that you're talking to might not be that courteous. And you hoping that the smell, the minty from your gum could just build a wall between me and that person right quick but see yeah. virtual <laughs> we ain't on smell a phone right so 
it's open. It's gonna, it's gonna open up a lot more doors to people. Yeah. You know, doors. You know, a lot of. I agree. I'm, I'm excited for it. So I mean, again, if you're yourself a good industry, you just gotta, um, you know, with anything, be patient and just working and, and not expect, you know, you know, you see in this country is marketed get rich quick, mm. microwave, microwave. Just, you know, just be steady with it, be steady with it, and you know, I spent a lot of years like, man, I want to get it, get it. Now, now I'm like, you know what? No, let me just. <laughs> you gotta put the work in and be patient and i mean really put the work in it's it, it is as effective um it's just like working out it's like a workout plan you cannot hire a personal trainer or uh sign up at a gym and then a year later show back up and expect to have that physique you got to put the work in you got to show up consistently to see some results you do all right so um, we talked uh, last time I asked you this question and we were talking about life insurance as far as protecting your family. And you said that you would love to sit down and talk to your grandma. Well, from an entrepreneur's perspective, um, if you had anyone living or dead, you could sit down and talk with for an hour. Who would it be? Um... Uh, you got you been spinning the camera right. You got the goat on your shirt, so yeah, Muhammad Ali <laughs> standing over somebody uh, listening. You got the goat on your shirt right now. <laughs> I'm living it dead. Oh, hmm. I'm thinking either um either Nat King Cole or. Mm. Madam C.J. Walker. Hmm. Madam C.J. Walker. And why? Please, man. I got to ask why. Net from Nat King Cole to Madam C.J. Walker. Um, uh, Madam C.J. Walker because, you know, she created, you know, a very large business, successful business. Um, and Nat King Cole because he was wildly successful. And he had got, you know, amazing heights in Jim Crow America. Mm. You know, and just to get his um his view on just ask him you know what things that he would have done differently you know because once he had um actually shook hands with that white lady his whole they just didn't go with him mm. so let me see you know and it's see, amazing you know how he was able to get to that point to get to that point took a lot you know what i mean so and unfortunately a lot of those rules they, you know, it's certain stuff like that. You can do that now, but it's, you know, a lot of those rules are still the same. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the system like with, racism. With, uh, is... Man, CJ Walker, you know, she was able to become a millionaire marketing exclusively to an all black audience. That part. That's real talk. You know, to, you know, she was not marketing to white people. She built a sales force. Mm. You know, she built a sales force <laughs> of black people selling her products. You know what I mean? And Jim Crow America, like, door knocking in the whole nine. You know what I'm saying? So, so those you can literally get killed for knocking on somebody's door. Now you can just get killed for walking down the street. But then. <laughs> right. But back then, you weren't getting no lawsuit money. 
Uh, I'm gonna have to do. I'm gonna have to do something special on Madam C.J. Walker just because you brought that up. I'm yeah. very. I'm so glad that I asked you that question because you know we as a black community don't research our history as much as we should, and there is milliseconds of greatness in our past yeah, we, as we you know, made black so culture. much money. We will. We made. We created a lot of wealth amongst ourselves. Right. Amongst ourselves, and the thing is, is that now, you know, the unity, it's like we get to a certain point, it's like, you're cool, but you're cool only with black people. Right. We don't think that we're official unless we get recognized by the majority population when, you know, for me, man, if I can become, you know, a multimillionaire, <laughs> you know, with just my people, that's cool. I'm not turning down no money though. Don't give me another thing. I'm not, gonna, you know. But what I'm saying is that we need to just really, you know, understand that you know it's CMB. We all we got, you know. What I mean, right. we all we got, you know. Um, yeah. So those are the two people that I will talk to. So I would want both of their perspectives, not just from one perspective. You know, I didn't even see. They had a movie about Madam C.J. Walker, and people were saying, you know, you know, stuff about her and her spouses and what have you, you know. But it's like I'm just in a place where, you know, one thing that I love about you know you, you know, and David, you know, God bless the dead, you know, what I mean, it's that, mm -hmm. you know, you y'all was just so crazy and lovely, buddy, you know what I'm saying, and. and you know, I he was that. like, you know, you said many times that he was just a god among men to you. You know what I'm saying? I know he loved you. He was, man, he loved you to death. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So it's like, and I never got the vibe from y'all where it was like, you never looked at him like he wasn't enough <laughs> or he was settling or, mm. you know, things of that sort or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times in our community, or just with people in general, when I think it's social media, it's like, you know, people get to a certain level of assessment. It's like, you know, I know it's one thing you don't want to rest on, on your on your laurels. You don't want to sit back and say, hey, I'm good, I ain't got nothing else. But it's like, it's never enough. Right. You know, with some people, it's like, it's never enough. Like, yeah, you may X amount, but you could do in life. You know, one of the enough. things that I never understood <clears throat> is... Uh, you know why women try to use their love to keep their man down and under their thumb when you know like david and i we used our love to keep each other strong and so he was excited to come home at the end of a work day he was uh looking forward to putting his head on my lap and telling me about all the crazy crap that went on you know and one thing i am very proud of and you and you and kelly uh you you funny because you and kelly are beautiful together and you just posted up a picture on facebook the other day about your queen um getting her first ebook done i miss i ain't miss that um so you you two are are beautiful as well and you know i've seen the love and support that you give each other and that's what's important you know uh like i used to you know tell people all the time like david would come home mad uh, from the bar to go out with his boys and he just want to go see the game and have a few drinks with his boys and then they want to go see some chicks and he like 
dicks, you know, and of course, they bitches, what, you see my wife, I'm going to haunt my wife, babe, you ain't going to believe this, blah, 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 and they want to go meet some broads, and I got my lovely wife at home, and, you know, but he also, because I let him know all, all the time that he was my king, he went out there and worked hard to get more of that. He went out there and made me proud. He went out there and brought home the bacon and built the business. And, um, and the same with you and Kelly. And we need to do more of that, lifting each other up instead of, well, if that nigga don't want no, if he don't, if he don't, if he don't. Yeah, it's like, it's just a wave of, you know, you not this and, or, I, or it's like, I don't need, I don't, I'm like, you know, the fact that we're not valued, you know what I mean? Or mm. you have these arbitrary metrics when, mm. you know, when you can lose a job, you can get disabled, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm like, well, my man got to make. A hundred thousand years with that man lose his job. Then what? Then what? If he if he's still not a high level man because he lost his job, or let's say he just you know gets in the car accident and can't work, he not high value no more. Mm-hmm. You know, or you know, or you know, your woman, you know, what I mean, she have a baby, gain weight. All of a sudden, but then she uh, lose the weight. She not she not that woman no more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of that. <laughs> Yeah, like, I think I told the story, I told the story all the time, you know, but I remember, like, when I was, like, working for the one company where I would have to cut the premium, mm-hmm. these old couple, these older white couple, you know, the husband was disabled, and he was waiting on his, his benefits to kick in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's like 40 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if anybody that's, like, has a way to get their social security to kick in, it can take two years. Mm-hmm. So between that time you waiting for your money to come in, they may give you some, you know, you may get short term disability, then you get the long term disability, then you get your money. When you get your money, you first get your money, you get a lump sum of money. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They pay you for the two years, they should have paid you up front. But that short term disability, the long term disability is not what you should have been getting. Mm-hmm. And during that time, that lady was a waitress at the local restaurant in a small town. All right, they weren't making that much money, right? You know, but she treated that man like a king. You know, these are regular, ordinary, everyday white people. This ain't, you mm-hmm. know, for real. You would have never thought that that man was able not making no money, and she didn't look at his back. She didn't tie his value mm-hmm. to his to his money. Mm-hmm. She tied his value to him being a faithful husband and help raising them. They had adult children the whole nine. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't been together forever. But too many times in our community, our value is tied to the bread we bring in. You know, like Chris Rock said, you know, to hey, you ain't you ain't contributing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like Kanye said, I ain't saying I'm a gold digger, but. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. It's like, and people took offense to that. I think a lot of women took offense to that because a lot of times they may get with a dude or whatever because he attractive, you know what I'm saying, or what have you, or you give you you pour it to the wrong person, mm-hmm. you know, for a variety of reasons. But it's like, you know, but like tambourine, it's like, you know, that's the thing. <laughs> she didn't, she never tied his value or his position as head of the household, it's never tied to his income, right. 
It was not. It was based on the fact of, of the time you put in and his position as, you know. His devotion to his family. Right. Yeah. You know, that made him a high value person. Whereas now, you know, with social media, you know, everybody's pump faking, you know, and well, I can do a so and so feeling me. And he, man, mm-hmm. if you yeah. really, if you. <laughs> but I said a lot of people were fooled into thinking that you know my uh, that David was just a pretty face that he was just this good looking guy that you know was just I was just googly at him but David was a businessman and even though mm-hmm. I've always had a good income you know on a consistent basis I made more than he did but in some months where he toppled me easy so um, supporting him in his down times and being, I'm the same wife he married, you know, on yeah. the bad days as I am on the good days. Yeah, and, and like, you know, David, the thing was that with not only businessman, but he worked, he worked. You know, he's mm-hmm. a worker, you know what I'm saying? He's a worker, so I mean, I, I have so much respect for that brother. You know I appreciate mean? that. And man. the thing is, is that, you know, we don't, and like, you know, my wife supported, you know, for me through a lot. And we support each other. It's like, but you mm-hmm. know, times like when you down, so ah, it's like, well, you know, <laughs> right? And, and contrary to popular belief, it is not a fifty-fifty thing. It's a one hundred percent, one hundred percent. You got to put a hundred percent. in marriages was the hardest job I've ever done, and it was the most rewarding being a wife. You know, but. Um, yeah, I was a street cop out there for 13 years, crime scene investigator, first responded to whole nine. That was not as hard as marriage. <laughs> you got to be committed to the people say it's an institution. Uh-huh. It's an institution. It is. It is. And but people don't understand either. I marriage is a business. And I've been, 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 been married before. And I have to. The, um, the, um, the understanding. Mm-hmm. The true understanding of it is like I remember one time, you know, me and Kelly got in an argument, and I was about to walk out the door, you know, go out, whatever, whatever. and then I just turned around, so I'm like, let me get back upstairs, and we just, you know, worked it out, and talked, and talked about it, we had to communicate, and it was like, man, because you get to the point where it's like, man, I can't keep just blowing stuff up. Right. Yeah, you know? understand, marriage is a business. It's so quick to blow it up. And dating, if you don't look at marriage as a business and dating, merely contract negotiations, I don't know what's wrong with you. And after you get married, it is continued contract negotiations. <laughs> Anytime two people sign one piece of paper, it is a contract. And if you go through a divorce, you're talking about divine assets. But that contract, man, that is forever. So it's, it is, it's best to keep it. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's... All the dating stuff is just contract negotiations. Marriage is a business. Yeah, that's the thing. And it's like, you look back and it's like, man, you know, or people don't appreciate, you know, a lot of times it's like, you know, with a man, you look at your woman or whatever, she may gain weight all the time. Woo, woo, woo. You're like, man, I can get a new model. Mm. A woman to be like, man, you know, he, you know, he doing his thing a couple years ago, but he, or mm-hmm. he can be doing, or y'all doing good, but she looking at some of those men. Mm. And what he making. But but you're not looking at where you two started. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You'd be in a situation where a couple may start in a one-bedroom apartment and you got to a bungalow and you hating and you putting pressure on this man because y'all got a bungalow because your friend, you know, <laughs> got a bigger house 
But uh, when you got that bug along, hold up, when you got the bug along. Who's that, Bobby Womack? Was Bobby Womack saying that song? You always talk about what your girlfriend got and what she ain't got. And you want me to go out and get it for you. You're constantly looking for the next upgrade. Constantly was like, yo, y'all started in a one room efficiency and now you got a whole house in the backyard. Why you mad? I talked to uh, a friend of mine. He said it it reminds him of, of the, what was it, the husband store? Something like that, where oh yeah, the she get, like get a husband store. <laughs> she just wasn't never satisfied. Wind up with nothing in the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, yeah, or, or that's the thing. Or you might get the or for the man. You might get the new model, but you find out that she's dumb as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, twenty the twenty eighty rule. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like these are especially if you're an entrepreneur, you know, and uh, because a, a business downtime and a business, you know, when you're trying to get your dream off the ground, can make a break a strong relationship. So, you know, you definitely got to nurture that. You know, uh, you know, and if you decide that you're going to go off in the business. Uh, into a business from a job or you want to pursue something you got a significant other this is something that you need to sit down with and come to an understanding about because you're going to have those dips and you're going to need that support yeah. you know Jim Brown said support your your nurture your inner circle support that you know because there's no greater virtue than love us loving each other and loving on and, one another I, love, I mean like you know you're, you're mute mm-hmm you know, you, you know, you can, man, listen, you can accomplish great heights and fall. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, one of my mentors said, if a man all day long can feel his wife's arms around his body, he's invincible. Who can touch him? He's a powerful man. And that's true. You know, uh, when David, uh, David kissed me goodbye the last time I saw him, he walked out of that house on top of the world. And the last thing he said to me was, I love you. You know, there was nothing unsaid. He knew how proud of him I was. And even if he was tired and not feeling well that day, I never knew it because he was just happy to go out and do his thing and come home and tell his wife all about it. You know, so... Uh, yeah, that is nurturing that inner circle, especially if you're going to change careers or go from a job to being a business owner. Just remember to nurture that. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, <laughs> it's it's you and your boo. Man, yeah, and that's the thing. You know, you got to build, build. You know, build and take time to appreciate where you come from. You know, I, I you know, again, you can't just be. To the next thing, yeah. like, can, can, can we sit back and you know, like, get some time to work? Get some time to work. Want to get to the movie thirteen? Can we enjoy this Hennessy we drinking right now? Start <laughs> off with an MD twenty twenty. Right, I just, you know what? Right, you know, and I just I'm gonna have this gentleman on um, very soon, um, brother Victor Johnson, and his lovely wife Latasha. Uh, he is a uh, credit professional and real estate investor and talks about all of the ups and downs. Him and his wife have been married for quite a while about filing bankruptcy and getting their credit repaired and for a time when, you know, when his credit wouldn't make it and she had to sustain the family. So and now they, you know, they doing their thing side by side. So and I'm going to have them, you know, I'm going to be having them on the show very soon. But it's just another example 
of you know your story uh, with you and your and your lovely wife Kelly and myself and David you know supporting each other doing those ups and downs especially as entrepreneurs right. is absolutely it's invaluable yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it really is you know really in any on again with the industry the financial industry even if you are an employee it has an entrepreneurial component to it so you right know, you know you gotta be with somebody to understand that a lot of times people don't understand that right that's the game you know as i said just like you know with legal shield that was the game it's a good company with an entrepreneurial opportunity but uh you got to be as motivated on day 100 after a million no's as you are on day one if you believe in that dream and it comes down to your why you know why are you doing what you're doing is it just to make money is it to support your family is it because you love you know doing what it what you're doing is because you believe everybody needs what it is that you're selling um so it it comes down to you and what you're willing to push through absolutely right so reggie (laughs) go ahead go ahead did you want to you have something you want to wrap real quick It is, you know, it is, like I said, it's all about, it's all about this entrepreneurial endeavor. Like, these are all the ups and downs that you're going to go through as a business owner, whether you're single, whether you're with a family. It's, you know, like I said, this is real talk. We real people. These are real experiences. And we're going to, you know, direct you to real resources. Again, rclemens216 at gmail.com. And give me your phone number. I I didn't turn the page, Reggie. What's your phone number? Uh, 216-925-6577. Please leave a message. Absolutely. And of, and of <laughs> course, you will be able to find his link on the Follow Black Dollars website. Uh, that's followblackdollars.org website. Um, one last question, um, Reggie. If you could do anything else, I know you said astronaut last time. If you could do anything else, if there was any other occupation you think it would be fun, to try out, what would it be? Um, uh, park ranger. Park ranger. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Trading in two legs for four. I get it. Park ranger. Yeah, I would be a park ranger. You know, it has just a lot of attention to it, but for the most part, you know, just being out in nature all day. Riding around the, you know, riding around the park or whatever, you know. Yeah, I'd be a park ranger. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. And on that note, homie, I am going to catch up with yeah, you after the, the show. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you know, I'll be taking a picnic back to the wood. Like, man, give me that sandwich, bro. <laughs> I ain't going to be deep balling people in the park. That's my food, fool. <laughs> like, you know, let me go ahead and yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> It's that bears is over here. What's over here for anyway? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Anyway, let's get out of here, man. Listen, get your new shows and updates straight to your phone by texting FBD to 63975. We're going to get out of here every day and every way. Get better and better. Peace and love. <laughs>